Welcome to Data Protection Gumbo. It's more than just a podcast. It's a source of insights to keep you tapped into all things data-driven so that you can be the most informed technical expert in the virtual room. Listen in weekly to stay educated on the latest trends in backup, recovery, storage, cloud, and security. I'm your host, Demetrius Malbro, and today I have a conversation with Pat Mayock. And he's been in the data protection business for over 30 years, working mostly with major tape library providers and supporting the reseller channel. He spent some time with Backup to the Cloud and dedicated dedupe vendors, but can't seem to get away from tape technology. Pat works for Hewlett Packard Enterprise, or HPE, based out of Denver, Colorado, and he's on the road across the U.S. So, Pat, welcome to Data Protection Gumbo. Demetrius, good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Well, awesome. Why don't you start off just by giving a quick overview of yourself? I know I, I introduced you, but anything else you'd like to start us off with about yourself and your expertise? Sure. As, as you mentioned in the intro, I've been involved with tape for over 30 years. I actually go back to Cypher Data Products, where I was trained on the nine-track reel-to-reel tape technology. And ever since then, it's always been tape, and the, and the technology has gone through a lot of changes. Different technology formats were out there, a lot of competing formats. And I ended up with uh, HPE about nine years ago and focusing on the LTO tape technology. And that's what I do. Okay, excellent. And so the LTO tape technology. So just to kind of level set with you, I have a broad-based listenership. And we have some conversations about tape, but not very often. And in my early days of starting the podcast back in 2015, I had a lot of conversations about tape. So recently things have shifted and evolved and tape is still not dead and it's still alive and kicking and thriving, you know, so to speak as well. And so why don't you maybe just give us a a rundown of the current state of LTO tape technology and explain exactly what the hell does LTO mean anyway? Okay. So starting with the uh, initial generation one technology or LTO one, that was back in the year 2000. And three companies started the whole process. That's uh, HPE, IBM, and Quantum. And then with that consortium, they brought in other companies to do specific technologies such as the tape media, et cetera. Um, But those three maintain the technology direction as we move forward. And today we're at LTO9. It's been out for about about a year now. Uh, The LTO9, you know, it's a basic cartridge. They all look the same spec-wise as far as the outside dimensions. But each year, uh, with each generation, uh, there's been improvements. Uh, Improvements in performance, speed, and improvements in capacity. So that today, we're looking at LTO9 at 18 terabytes of capacity without compression and uh, transfer rates up to 400 megabytes per second. So that's today's technology. Briefly though, People are still using LTO 5 and LTO 6 and LTO 7, LTO 8. So companies will you know, buy into the system at some point, and then as their data requirements grow, um, they can add the higher uh, technology uh, tape drives to their systems. 
um, or replace it in, in, entirely with the newer tape drive. So there's always a chance for upgrade. And as you move forward, it's looking like doubling every year for capacity. Okay. And yeah, I, I love I love that that short overview and breakdown, a brief walk through the history of LTO starting at LTO one. And now we're at nine. And I'm sure there's a, a roadmap where the numbers don't stop. Like so 10, 15, 20. I mean, it's amazing how much technology and how many changes in the consortium, how you guys continue to innovate and to increase the performance and the capacity of the LTO uh, uh, tape. And also it just brings me to like, where is this tape technology headed? Like what does the future look like? Is there maybe some AI merging or like what, what's going on in, in the future with LTO tape technology, Pat? AI, that's interesting. I, I would like to think there's AI going to be built into the tape cartridge. Yeah. It, it's not going to happen. My, my, uh, it would be sweet, though. My future is, is still pretty boring in terms of it's just tape. Okay. But the cool parts about tape, and, and just to be specific, this single cartridge today has you know, a spool of tape in there, and about, a, let's see, 1,035 1, meters of tape in this single cartridge. And it's a half inch wide. So if you do the math, the space available to store data in this cartridge, if you made it one big blanket, right, mm-hmm. it would be three yards wide by five yards long. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what's the advantage of tape technology, LTO tape. It has so much surface area yet to go for maximizing capacity. Right. So recently there was an announcement of, the roadmap for LTO tape generations did go out to LTO 12. It now goes out to LTO 14. Okay. And what they're saying is, again, because of the current technology, the number of tracks per across the tape and the density of the data in a linear fashion across those tracks, they've shown that in the, in the lab, we can get to a, an aerial density on tape, given that space to work with, that will go from LTO 9 at 18 terabytes to LTO 10 at 36, and then to 72, 144, 288. And by the time we get to LTO 14, the 14th generation, it'll be 576 terabytes on a single cartridge. And again, I'm talking about native capacity. And I always use native because Although the specs show a two, 2.5 compression ratio, a lot of the data today, if and a lot of the data growth, is video, uh, video surveillance, uh, movies, entertainment, broadcast, um, all those data capturing technologies. As you mentioned, we'll come back to AI. All that information, which is video, doesn't compress. So I always talk about native capacities. And again, we're getting to a point where it's going to be over half a petabyte on a single cartridge. And, and that sounds amazing. And I think in, every time there's a new generational increase in capacity, people always think, I'll never need that capacity, right? But today's data is growing at about 40% per year. And so for corporations that today have, say, one, one petabyte of data and 
if you use the 40%, after one year, it's 1.4. After two years, it's almost two. It's like, uh, it is exactly 1.96. So it almost doubles in just two years. And that's the data that we're trying to manage, take care of, protect. Uh, some of that data might be long-term archive or cold storage. It's retrieved very seldom. It might be kept there for legal reasons, but it also might be huge sets of, say, video data. And as you mentioned, with today's new AI technology, perhaps someone wants to take a look at that set of data and look for, say, a green truck. Okay. And the new software coming out for video surveillance and other reasons can do that kind of analysis, but it takes a lot of data to run through that system. And that's where you know people say, how can I store the data? How can I store that much data or copies of it securely, cost-effectively, because the capacity are growing so quickly, you need a higher capacity solution. Mm, okay. Yeah, all of that is very insightful. And I, I remember back when I was a, a backup administrator back in, when was that? Wow, it's been a while. Early 2000s the primary storage location for workloads and for data was disk right it, and it was slow it was spinning disk it was a slow disk it wasn't the the random access disk it wasn't the ssd stuff that we have today and all the fast disk that we have today but it was primarily disk and then the second copy was sent over to tape and then the second a third copy was made on another tape so you could have some uh, disaster recovery in case, you know, one tape had some read-write errors or destroyed or dust or whatever the case may be. But to, in today's landscape, I mean, there's, there's a lot of, you know, virtual technologies out there. We have the cloud, you have public storage, uh, pu public cloud like AWS and Azure and Google Cloud, et cetera. But, you know, how do you make the case for tape today? And what does that conversation look like when, when you start talking about maybe someone who doesn't have tape today who's considering tape? So there's a lot of solutions for storing data, lots of data. It comes down to you know, what your requirements are and, and how much data you have. And for some companies, having their storage and their backup in the cloud works just fine. That also works for the tape technology because in most cases that cloud storage is on tape. So some of our biggest consumers of the tape media and the tape libraries are the companies you mentioned, which are having these large data centers with all these customers storing their data and copies of that data in some well-controlled data center warehouse. But the advantage to tape, obviously, as I mentioned, is the capacity. And so if, if this company is trying to store multiple petabytes of, of data, they can store it on disk in their data center, but they have to consider for that floor space, for that say two by two foot aerial space that goes vertically into a cabinet, how much data can I put into that space? And then what are the power requirements to keep it running? And you compare that you know, with spinning disk drives, most likely, or tape, and you look at the heat being generated, and the cost to cool down that excess heat. And if you go through those categories, you know, the biggest thing obviously is the cost per, 
per terabyte. Its lowest cost is on tape. But the next biggest thing that stands out is that consumption of space in your data center, tape can get, just get more data into a smaller space. So as the requirements are growing, you're not required to bust out and increase your data center size. You can double the capacity in the given space in your tape libraries by going to the next level, tape technology. So that's the biggest thing as far as looking at long-term storage for data. It's just a huge cost advantage to go with tape. I'm pulling from some some previous history again too. I know there were some some challenges or things to take into consideration when you are, let's say you made a huge purchase of LTO5 cartridges back num a number of years ago. Now LTO8 or 9 is out and you want to make a new purchase consideration because you're almost out of <laughs> capacity. I know that there was some some issues or challenges or things to look out for as far as backward compatibility, et cetera. Are there any backward compatibility considerations or anything you want to mention today that maybe someone would need to be aware of? Sure. And those large corporations that are now using, say, LTO5, LTO6, I shouldn't say large, anybody's corporation, if you're out of space in your tape library, in most cases for most manufacturers, you can replace the drive. And so by going up to a newer generation tape, you can increase the capacity in your given tape library. Now for backward compatibility, uh, depending on how much data you have and how often you need to access that older data, you know, tape libraries could be as small as a single drive and eight slots, or they could be in a single cabinet, they could be 24 drives and 800 slots, okay? I mean, there's a full range, uh, and, and there's more beyond that too, but there's a full range of capacities. And so when companies look at keeping access to their older data, they could keep a certain number of tape drives of that generation in their tape library if that data is being pulled out on a regular basis. But for long-term plannings, they would normally if they need to keep the data long-term, they would transfer it and you know, drop it down to a, a, what I would call a buffer disk, all that data from say LTO5, and then re-record it back to the newer technology like LTO8, LTO9. And that's going on a lot right now on certain projects that I'm aware of where they have a ton of data on older technology. They want to maintain it. They invest in the newest technology, LTO8 or LTO9, they go through a process of downloading that data and then storing it to the new media. And with that, they get the security of you know, a 30-year shelf life on the new media, and that's important to mention, um, as well as that huge saving in going from thousands of tapes, archived tapes, down to a few hundred. And that's just a matter of math, depending on where they're starting with and where they're going to end up as far as the technology. Yeah. And I know I, I, I remember having some conversations with some customers that literally they, not customers, but podcast guests, they built businesses around transferring data from tape and digitizing that information to send it to AWS or whatever cloud, you know, storage of your choice. Not, not sure how well they're, they're doing today if business is booming or, you know, what, the, the situation is, but 
Does that bring any concerns or should anyone be worried or should you be worried, Pat, about the cloud maybe taking away business from from tape? Good question. And again, it, it's, it comes down to the requirements of the customer and the data that they're working with and what they're being required to do. If you have a lot of data on older technology, at some point it's, it becomes risky, obviously. So converting it to newer technology, again, uh, saves a lot of your administration costs in terms of managing those older tapes. Um, if you're storing those tapes somewhere and you're paying for that storage, you can reduce that cost down by having fewer tapes to store. In terms of looking at you know, the cloud for an option, as I mentioned, the clouds are a friend because the cloud's using tape. In some applications, a customer will have certain sets of data going to the cloud, and then they have data going to a tape library on-site or on-prem. So they have two options when it comes to data protection, which is always a good idea, if not three or four options. Um, so they have this local control of a tape library where they're putting their important data in a backup or long-term archive within you know, their own proximity, as well as an off-site or secondary storage in the cloud. In both cases, there are costs. You know, what's the cost for long-term storage in the cloud? What's the cost for retrieving that data? All those calculations, you know, it usually ends up with a hybrid approach of having some in the cloud and some on site, and maybe some also being replicated to a second data center that you also own that's your facility. Um, but it's, it's a combination of all these solutions that gives a maximum umbrella protection for the company's data. Okay. Awesome. And we, we can't go on without having a conversation about security. And obviously, I would think that tape would be a very secure solution for some of the major threats that are out there. And we all know the number one threat right now, the R word, ransomware. And of course, you have some bad actors and maybe um, someone within a company that wants to kind of do harm. Uh, internally, but how has the the rise of let's say some of the cyber crime and some attacks how have they impacted businesses just overall from a tape perspective and what are your thoughts around tape as a, a really secure solution and that's a great question one of the biggest advantages to you know tape technology and tape libraries is that you know the data gets stored to the tape the tape's removed from the tape drive it goes into a slot. And while it's sitting in that slot, it is not connected to the network. In you know, other options, you've got uh, NAS or SAN systems, other arrays of disk online, potentially uh, reachable through you know, cyber attacks, et cetera. And, and that is the easiest way to you know, take over uh, a company's data. If it's online and they can get to it, they can shut it down, download it, they have access to it. In a tape library, there's no clean access. I mean, they call it air gap. It just simply means it's not attached to the network, and therefore it has that additional protection. Um, I, I got a, a, one of our customers, one of the partners I work with, HPE Partners, that sells tape libraries. They're in a, a technology business area, and as the attacks were rising about two years ago, one of their neighbors just walked over and said, you guys sell tape libraries, don't you? He goes, how fast can I get a two drive, like a 20 slot, maybe a 30 slot tape library? I mean, and the reason he did that is because his neighbor had been hit and he was talking to another IT person. They had protection with data in the cloud. 
But the guy was being paranoid, as he should be. He wanted one more set of data that he had complete control over within his own facility. And so with the rise of cyber attacks, people are looking at additional layers of protection. And it could be, like I mentioned earlier, a single single drive, eight-slot tape library, you know, for under $10,000. And I, I went high on purpose. It's quite low cost for businesses to have that additional security of an air-gapped backup on tape in their own facility. And then all ranges of capacities and configurations for more drives for more performance or more slots for more capacity. Again, there's a, there's a library for anybody. Yeah. And then I think also Pat, I, and I may be wrong. I, I think I read something where a tape library, the robot was hacked. They got access to the robot and control the robot to go grab a tape or try to dra- grab a tape from a slot. And I know that there are some technologies to prevent that from happening, to block the slot or to cover up the slot or whatever the case may be. But maybe the the percentage and chances of someone hacking into the robot, the library, tape, tape library robot is like really slim to none. Have you heard a case like that? I haven't. But yet again, you know, if I was a hacker, I'm not. And I had a tape library background. I would consider trying to do that. But if it's so easy to grab all the data that's online and you can do that repeatedly, hate to say it, and make money doing it, again, hate to say that, then to actually go after loading a tape into a tape drive and then even though it's up to 400 megabytes per second, you know, trying to download each one of those tapes at some point, the IT person should have a awareness that they're being hacked, okay? And so the tape library gives you a chance to run around, and they do, and shut systems off, you know, before the hacker gets further into the system. Okay. But I don't think the hacker can easily get across that air gap bridge into a tape library and start grabbing your data. And, and by the way, there's also encryption on the tape, tape itself. There's also access control and lockouts and security for the tape library as well. So there's other barriers to prevent that access. Okay. I think that was a feature that maybe the marketing department was trying to, hey, let's let's do something no one else is doing. Let's create this, this slot blocking mechanism and market it as a awesome ransomware air gap detection feature that no one else has. One more layer of protection. Always a good idea. Yeah. And also this brings me to maybe some of the the misconceptions. I I know I used to have misconceptions about tape and I may still have a few, but I remember when a campaign was going on, I mentioned earlier, tape is dead. That was a well-known campaign that a previous company ran that uh, got acquired by a larger company. I'm sure you may know the name of that company. What, what are some of the biggest misconceptions that you think or that you hear individuals still have about tape technology? That's, that's a good question because, again, I'm a tape guy, right? And everyone goes, what, tape? So misconceptions, you know, the tape drive speeds today are up to 400 megabytes per second. And again, specifically, there's a, a full high LTO9 technology and a half high. But in, in either case, you're over 300 megabytes per second throughput. So as a tape drive, 
that's comparable with most spinning disks. And the point also is that in a tape library, you might have four tape drives or 24 tape drives. So again, it's just a balance of how much data do you have at a given time to transfer to another medium, uh, whether it's backup at night, archiving, etc. It's all calculations. And when you have multiple drives running at the same time in parallel, you have huge performance capabilities, um, either for pulling data into a tape library secure location or to feed it back for some other you know, AI type analysis. So performance is a, is a huge advantage now uh, with tape technology, and that's only gonna get better. Uh, the second thing I would say is, as you mentioned, um, back in the day, you know, there were tapes that had some issues with how they worked. Um, older technology, et cetera. Always a, a, a horror story here or there. But this has been from LTO1 now to LTO9, a continual evolution of technology. And the hardest part is the density of the data on tape. But the tape drive is just getting better and better. And the cartridge is just getting better and better. So with each generation, there are improvements in the reliability and, and long-term reliability of the physical system, as well as improvements in the way data is protected on tape. Right now, um, if, I forget the actual math, but you can look it up, and the ability to get back a single bit on tape and the risk of losing that single bit is, is you're much more protected by multiple factors on tape today than you are on most spinning disk. And so again, those are two areas where Again, 20 years ago, different opinion of tape, but also just overview, it's not so much a competition. There's reasons for solid state, there's reasons for spinning, and there's reasons for, for, for tape libraries. I mean, it's just an economic and, and, a, and a performance combination that says, okay, today we need this because that's our biggest focus. Symbiotic relationship Absolutely. between the cloud yeah. and tape and Resilience is resilience, right? If you have if you have an unlimited data center site and you can just expand it by, you know, I don't know, walls fall down and walls go back up, and you have unlimited power going in there, and you have unlimited cooling capabilities and an unlimited budget to buy more and more disk, awesome. But at some point someone's gonna ask the question, why are we doing all that when we could put this cold or archive or backup data? in a tape library and save so much money. So it usually it's an economic decision that people look at both both technologies. Well, awesome. I, I have enjoyed the conversation thus far, Pat, and just wanted to shift maybe into a, a final question for you. It's not a technical one, it's a personal question. Kind of, uh, you know, you've been doing tape for a while and I think you see the future as bright for tape, but I'm, I'm curious, where do you see yourself in, in five years? Is it still tape or maybe you, you, you hang up the tape apron and go get on a fishing boat and retire and say, you know, <laughs> it was a great run. Thanks for the question. So I like what I do. Um, part of the reason I like what I do is that I get to be exposed to so many technologies. Um, Years ago, I was sitting with a group and they were looking for storage on their uh, magnetic resonance imaging machine in a medical environment. And they were the company that made those machines. And I got to see how they, how they analyze a human body through their technology 
but they dump that data onto tape. Okay, I've been to major movie studios where they're creating content on these amazing new movies and they're artists, but they're consuming so much data, it goes to tape, okay? So even though my focus is tape, I look forward to meeting with companies and looking at applications that today we're only thinking about. And as you mentioned, one came up last week, I got a call from a guy, and that's where I used the example. He said, we're getting involved in a project now, and it has to do with a large volume of video uh, data, and we have the AI technology to analyze it and find a red truck over this huge expanse of video data. So that's the fun part of my job because all these new technologies and ideas generate this data and the easiest, most efficient, uh, highest capacity place to store it is today and will continue to be on tape. I look forward to L2014, and that's got to be 10 or 15 years from now. Step by step, you know, just keep going. And so I'll be talking to companies about their new ideas and uh, helping them store their data. Okay, well, I'm sure we'll we'll have you back on Data Protection Gumbo once maybe LTO 10 or 11 comes around. We, we won't wait too long and tap into your insight of tape technology and especially LTO. Uh, the LTO technology, which is a, a very great way to, you know, store data, you know, in, in, a, in a format that's secure and also in a format that, you know, can save you some cost in the long run. So, Pat, it's been a pleasure to have you on Data Protection Gumbo, and I appreciate you, you being a guest. Thank you very much, Demetrius. Looking forward to your next conversation. Thank you for listening to Data Protection Gumbo. Please follow us on Twitter at DPG Podcast and join our Backup and Recovery Professionals LinkedIn group. Just search Backup and Recovery Professionals on LinkedIn and you will find the group. And until next time, Gumbo listeners, have a fantastic week.